Hiring? With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, and you can make it happen all with a single click. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash pick. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash pick. CBS Sports presents the Pick 6 Podcast, featuring CBS NFL writers Pete Prisco and Will Brinson, NFL insider Jason Lockenfora, and host Nick Costos. You want NFL talk? We've got NFL talk. From training camp to the Super Bowl and through the NFL draft, our fearsome foursome has you covered. This is the Pick 6 Podcast. Pick 6 Podcast, midweek edition. Nick Costos joined alongside Jason Lockhart for and Pete Frisco. Bobby Brinson on assignment. JLC, I talk to Pete all the time, unfortunately. I haven't spoken to you, Jason. Two questions off it's the bat. It's been too no, long. Can, before we get going, can I just do, 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 That's breaking news animation. Do, 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 or audio. Uh, Nick, got a little something, something in the mail from you last night, man. Oh, um, it arrived a little early. Little, little, little rap at the shirts. door at like 5.30. The dog went freaking crazy. Like he knew, well, he goes crazy anytime he hears any sound. But he went bonkers. And sure enough, it was a package from Florida. Sleeves cut off, Gary Sanchez in all his glory. We have not defiled it yet because my the the camera on my BlackBerry doesn't work. So and plus I want to feed the dog all day long. And then when Lauren's home, I'll take him for a late afternoon one. He eats an early dinner like Prisco. I'll take him for I'll take him for a late That'll afternoon walk, and I'll have Lauren's iPhone so I can get good photographic evidence. And then I'll I'll share with you guys because I know you're dying to say it. Oh my God! So thank you. Gary thank you. Six weeks later. And listen, I, I I had been a bit of a welcher. That's more because I'm absent-minded than I was actively trying to do it. But I did. It's I did. Because you're the busiest guy in show business. Well, I mean, you said it, so I didn't have to. And I and and, and yeah. I, and, even if he is, even if he that. isn't, even after coming off a four-day holiday weekend, he would tell you he is. A four-day holiday oh, weekend. Oh, where oh, I was sick the on, entire Prince, time. <laughs> Jason, how was uh, how was your Thanksgiving, buddy? It was good. It was good. I can't complain. Got got upstate. Um, to connect with the, my family who was up there at my sister-in-law's every year. We go to downtown Cooperstown. Santa comes in 5 o'clock the day after. Uh, the day after. Uh, yeah, Santa comes in. on like First they have like all the ambulances and like all the police cars in Cooperstown, which is like 12, come through. And they close the streets right in front of uh, the Hall of Fame there. And then Santa and all the elves and reindeer and stuff come right through to like kick off the, the holiday season, the Christmas season. Touch it. So that's always a hit with the kids. Touch it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Does everyone do? We play some football. It's good. Like, I mean, like, I mean, like, like they run the ambulances through yeah. the town. Pete, this sounds. They do, cool. dude. I was doing a radio thing in Calgary at the time, and they wouldn't. St- usually, I don't remember in years past that they sound the ambulance, like the alarms, but they Here. literally were sounding the alarms. And if you've ever been in downtown Cooperstown, it's very small. Like it's not like. Like you can, you know what I mean? Run behind a skyscraper and like the sound. I mean, it was. It sounded like we were in the middle of a war zone, and they're like, "Where are you?" And I'm like, "Believe it or not, I'm on Main Street in Cooperstown, and Santa's coming through." And they're yes. like, "It sounds like you're at a crime scene." And I was like, "Yeah, I, what the, so I don't were, know what to tell you." There was nobody like an ogre like me running through there telling all the kids that you really is no Santa Claus. Nothing like that going on. <laughs> no, but I am dealing with that. With my my ten year old Rocco, like, oh, can you, Chloe can knows you, he doesn't exist. Yeah. Like, but Chloe's such a true believer that, like, I, even though she knows, like, she's going to be 13, she knows it's not possible. 
she still like has more Christmas spirit than anybody. And then the little guy is six. He's all about it. But he he wants it so bad that he gets mad because Chloe wants to like start celebrating like Christmas before Thanksgiving. And he feels like Christmas to him is an eternity away, so that's like rubbing it in. And then the one in the middle, Rocco, like he wants to believe, but like, you know, the cool kids in school are like, oh, you know, it, it, it can't be real. So, yeah, I'm dealing with all that. That was always, oh, that was always me. I was always the kid telling everybody there's no Santa Claus. Uh, I kind of miss that, like the innocence of childhood. You know what? You know what? It oh, ruined awesome. for me? When I was, uh, I think I was seven, 1990, in October, I was like rummaging through my parents' room and found Super Nintendo, found there, which stuff, I got for Christmas yeah. that year. And I found the Super Nintendo, and I was like, wow. Like, mom and dad are Santa Claus. Like, there is no Santa Claus. We used to go. That was a sobering moment. You know, we, used, like we figured it out one year early that my mom would hide the presents in the box with the Christmas tree came out of. So we would go in there and get them and go peek in to see what we had. We were but bad. But you and your brothers are, yeah, you and your brothers are downright evil. Oh, we're evil. Especially Rich. Oh, he's evil. I'm evil. My brother Paul is evil. My dad's evil. We're all evil. We're an evil family. <laughs> the, uh, the evil Priscos. Uh, Last night's Monday night football game, um, we're recording this on Tuesday. Last night's Monday night game felt pretty evil watching it. Um, a pretty disgraceful play of offensive football on both sides. The Ravens, though, emerging victorious 23-16. We'll get to Hot Taker just right coming up a little later, but let's get through the news of the day here. Um, Jason, you are in Baltimore, so give us the your take on this game, Baltimore winning to improve to 6-5. and five. If the season ended today, Joey Flacco and company would be in the AFC postseason. Yeah, I, I, honestly, living here, the story here, is is football apathy. There, I mean, I had a lot of friends who were at the game, family members, know a lot of people in the media. They're saying upwards of 20,000 empty seats, which is unheard of here. Um, you know, this is a place where, I mean, I can remember back when I was covering hockey and would go to football games as a fan, like the Ravens playing Denver on a Monday night, like you couldn't get that ticket. You know what I mean? Like you were spending 200 bucks to sit in the upper deck. Um the team plays horrific offense, and that has something to do with it. And I guess here locally, provincially, there's this ongoing debate about post-Freddie Gray and the riots, whether that's affecting Orioles and Ravens attendance, which I think is completely and utterly asinine. Um, but it's, it's the apathy. I mean, people are not behind this team. There's not Purple Fridays. There aren't kids going to school with Flacco jerseys and, you know, back in the day, Ray Rice jerseys, Ed Reed jerseys. Ray Lewis jerseys. The most, the jersey you see the most in Baltimore, and the guy who has the most commercials here, is the kicker Justin Tucker. Like, Amazing. it's crazy. And even last night when the season's on the line, and they they just thumped Green Bay twenty three nothing. And yeah, the offense sucks, but they've got a defense, and they have. There hasn't been a home Monday night game here since twenty twelve. And you know when the Ravens won the Super Bowl, they didn't get that Thursday night kickoff game here because of the conflicts with the Orioles and, and religious holidays and everything else. So, like, there's been this ongoing, like, thing, like, the league is out to screw us. And then you finally get your first Monday night game in five years, and it matters, and it's a team you should be able to beat, and nobody shows up. That's what people are talking about here. Uh, you know, Joe Flacco and his four yards per attempt, again, that probably has something to do with it. But Pathetic. There's a lot of teams playing ugly football, and only 12 of them are getting in the playoffs, and these guys probably will be one of them. But I, I think people are kind of over the lack of skill player. I mean, there's no – how many Ravens skill players start on any other NFL team? Like, I think Alex some of them don't even start good. for the Browns. Alex Collins is pretty good. He might be – Yeah, he's averaging five yards an attempt. I mean, he, he looks They don't give him the ball. They don't give him the ball, though. They don't give him the ball. Yeah, there's not enough volume there. 
I mean, Perryman stinks. Wallace can catch slants and take him yards after the catch, and that's it. Macklin, when he feels like playing at once a month, he makes some plays, but but then he's not right, and he's you know not great if he's not right. And they don't have a tight end to speak of. I mean, Nick Boyle, Max Williams. It, it's I mean, Ben Watson's thirty six freaking years old, coming off an Achilles. I think people are like enough's enough, man. You're gonna have to give us something sexy here, or we're not very good, but. It's not transcendent good. And then unfortunately for the Ravens, the standard here is transcendent good. Uh, yeah, Pete, Pete, you and I talked about this. We were together um, in Fort Lauderdale um, at the CBS studios on Monday night watching the game, doing some stuff post-game. Um, you don't think Flacco is fully healthy, Pete. And I don't know if I agree with you, but you, you don't think that he's fully 100% right. I don't know if he's feeling full, you know, 100%, but the, the bottom line is I think that back injury impacted his mechanics. And and I don't think he I don't Jason have you noticed that I don't think he drives the ball the same way he used to. He throws off his back foot. He doesn't step up into pressure yeah. the way he used to. I think he has no faith, Pete. And and he's I think he's talking out of both sides of his mouth because after the game and everything you hear here is he wants to drive the ball down the field more and he you know wants to be a big play guy. And when he's been at his best, he's a big play guy. But like I just said, when he throws the ball to Perryman, his quarterback rating is six point nine. The guy, it ends up in the other team's hands. You know, who who can get downfield? I mean, I laugh about this because it's like they can't pass protect for for five seconds. And who's he, is he going to stand there and take a hit to, to throw the ball 50 yards downfield for Perryman for him to knock it to the other team? Like, after a while, I think he's like, I'm just going to dink and dunk it and let the defense win these games. Well, because it was funny, and Pete, you, you remember I said this, Joe Flacco's press conference last night, and Jason, to your point, he contradicted himself like four times in the span of 30 seconds. First he goes, because I ask him, can you guys go deep in the playoffs if this is your offense? You can't sustain drives. And he goes, well, well, that's the game plan, you know, like we keep it close and the defense can win it. But on the other end, we want to get these explosive plays. But on the other hand, we're not getting the explosive plays. But on the other hand, we need to try and drive the ball down the field. It's like he's it's incredible to me that this team is somehow six and five, despite the fact that this offense is so abysmal. And you get the sense that maybe they could go to Tennessee and win because the Titans look awful but like this team if they manage to get into the postseason this is absolutely a one and done outfit absolutely well i mean i don't know you, though you, you say that but the defense they haven't played any quarterbacks other than roethlisberger they'll get stafford this weekend it's been it's been all backups otherwise but like second best in the league in quarterback ranking against first in the league in td percentage against second in the league in interception percentage they turn you over they're five and one when they get two or more turnovers. They turn you over. They have the best kicker in football, and they can run the ball a little bit. Like, dude, you you, you don't think they could beat Kansas City right now? Like, who's good besides Pittsburgh and New England? Like, really? Like, and, and we don't know. And we don't know about Pittsburgh. Time. We still don't know about Pittsburgh. They look. They had flaws on Sunday night. Baltimore could beat Pittsburgh in three weeks. That doesn't mean I think Baltimore's a good team, and I don't think they're Super Bowl worthy. But. Dude, it's really that bad. I who, mean, who has a worse offense, Baltimore or Jacksonville? I don't care what their record I agree. says. That, they were horrible against the Colts. They should have lost to the Colts. Who has yeah, a worse Jacksonville, offense, Jacksonville? Jacksonville would kill them. Who has a worse offense, Jacksonville or Baltimore? Baltimore. I would agree with you. I don't know, man. It's close. How about Miami? I mean, Cleveland. The problem is there's like six teams you could lump in there. Dude, Kansas City's offense is as bad as anybody's. They can't run or throw the ball. Um, I, and Jay, I, I know that you did this with Will on Sunday night, and you've had you've been killing it with the reporting for for dot com here on on the Chiefs. And Andy Reid came out on Monday and said Alex Smith is his guy. Just reiterate for the audience here, like like there's no chance that Andy that Andy Reid's going to pull Alex Smith up at some point this year. 
I mean, you know, obviously on Sunday I reported what Andy ended up confirming, which is they're not entertaining it. The coaches don't want to talk about it. They're all focused on Alex Smith. It's Alex Smith for this year, Pat Mahomes in 2018, and expect to hear plenty about Alex Smith being traded at the Combine. Uh, But right now they don't think it's fair to the kid and fair to the team to try to prep him while you've got a guy who is functional, who's been in the system five years, who's played, you know, who's been on playoff teams. And frankly, he's not good, but he ain't the only problem. If it was him misfiring left and right and everything else was functioning, then they'd say, let's just throw the big arm kid in there, maybe, and, and see what he can do. And they love what they're seeing from Mahomes, but no, he's not entertaining it. And then after that horrible game, I followed up with some people there, and I'm like, nothing's changing, right? And they're like, nothing's changing. And they're like, dude, if we're like six and nine, I'm not sure that we'd even go to Mahomes there because, you know what I mean, what, what are we really going to find out and how much, you know, how soon had we started getting him more reps with the ones? You know, it's not really Andy's style, but Alex Smith is playing his way out of Kansas City. Yeah, it's, it's, it, is a, it is a bad situation right there, right now in Kansas City. Look like this year's Vikings starting 5-0. and Now they've lost 5 of 6, sitting at 6-5. and So here's what we're going to do. Uh, Jason's got about 15, 20 minutes left with us here. So Pete and I will recap the rest of the news after hot take or just right now. Conductor, we got the sound effect for the game here. If so, my friend, play it for us. It's time for America's favorite game show, Hot Take or Just Right. I, I love that so much. Like, I, I really. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. All right, con- Conductor, what the hell's going on with the, with the music here cutting in and out? Unless that's unless that's my headset. All right, Conductor, give, give it a rest here with the, with, the, with the stuff. Good introduction, but now let's move on to the game. Now, I have not gotten anything from our friend Bobby Brinson, even though he said that he would send some. So we're just going to go with my... They're pretty, I guess it's like tepid take or just right because I can't go scorching hot like Bobby. Real Prince, quick, man is, man is you said he was on assignment earlier. I did some intrepid reporting. He, he, I'm told, is out buying uh, holiday ornaments. He is buying uh, the Yule logs that you just set a fire and they light themselves because there's no way he's chopping wood and actually, you know, lighting a fire. So he's doing he's the He's a bigger wuss than but, I am. Uh... And, uh, yeah, I believe there's some manscaping going on. So that, that's what he's doing to, to skip what he should be doing, which is obviously being here with us. Pete, does that surprise you? No, not at all. And uh, who does more manscaping, Will or Nick? Probably me, to be fair. Nick. Nick's yeah. definitely more um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Vane. This is gonna be good. Oh, yeah. No oh yeah, he's the he's no right. Question. I mean, I think he crushes. I think he crushes Brinson and Vanity. Oh, he, no, I admit it. Not we, that Brinson's off the like. Not that Brinson doesn't resonate or like he's not on the spectrum because he's well. Brinson is definitely on the Vanity spectrum, but not as far flung as Nick. No, no. no. I mean, Nick is the yeah. most vain human being I've ever met in my entire life. Well, I, I don't think Who's that that's second true. Second most. Uh, that's not true. Yeah, so the fantasy guy. Which of the like? I really feel like railing on the fantasy guy. Oh, oh who, who's the most vain fantasy guy? Because you have Jamie to interact with him. Far. I don't know it. Jamie by uh, far, Jamie. right? How about by Jamie far. versus you, Nick, in vanity? Oh, no, Jamie Nick, versus you in vanity. Uh, Nick, Nick, close, uh, Nick is Nick destroys him in vanity. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if I just destroy once a week. him, but I win. <laughs> there, play that again. Uh, you know, I shave my chest once a week. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> what about Brinson versus Jamie in vanity? No, that's oh, Brinson. Jamie. Brinson. No, it's Jamie. No, it's Jamie. Disagree completely on that. I'm really? going to say Jamie. See... I'm going to say Jamie. Us versus Vanity. No, 
No, because but here's the thing about Jamie's vanity that's funny. See, like I go in and I wear makeup at work, and I, I put my makeup on in front of everyone. I don't care. We have the handicapped bathroom stall in the bathroom in the offices, which has got like a, its own like mirror and, and sink and stuff. Jamie goes in there every spends 15 minutes putting his makeup on, and he feels and, and, and he gets very ashamed that he does it away from everybody behind closed doors, so nobody has to see him. So Jamie minutes? tries to hide his vanity. Maybe Dude, minutes. I do it in like five seconds in my basement. And, like, and I like don't, literally, if it takes more than thirty seconds, who, who you, what do you what do you really think you're doing? And I don't I don't put any on because I don't need any. You you do? No, I don't. Oh, there you go. Prince I got God. the tan, boys. Never forget I that. Figured you go raw dog. Yeah, you just go raw dog. <laughs> yeah. no, no, no makeup. No makeup. No heck no. All right. All right, now that the phrase raw dog has been uttered, I think like, it's time to move on to hot take, hot take or, uh, or just right. You know what? I, I'm going to start off with, with a pretty good one here, guys. So the Rams right now have eight wins on the season. They're eight and three. Sean McVay is only 31 years old. And this got me thinking. This goes on for a long time. McVay's got a shot here. Hot take or just right. Sean McVay is going to go down as one of the best coaches in NFL history. Oh, my goodness. All said and done. I mean, that is a hot take. Are you kidding Come me? Come on, dude. He's coached 12 games. Yeah, I mean, you're out of your mind. Pete, Pete and I are both on the hype train, but come on. Come on, you're nuts. You're that quick? Come on. Why? He's 31, year, he's 31 years old. If, I, like, did, like, if like, I didn't know you wrote these all, I would have said that was definitely a Brinson clickbait, yeah. clickbait take. You're crazy. But you, you don't, think, you don't think that McVay's got a chance. I, no, but given that, given his age, you don't think McVay's got a chance to rack up a million wins in his NFL coaching. Yeah, but for a the second there, awesome I thought you were really going to go hot take. He's going to break Don Shula's record for wins. Then you would have been. That's, what I, yeah, that's, what I was, that's where I thought right. it was going. I thought right, there was going to be a Shula reference. Hot take or just right? Sean McVay will break Don Shula's record. You're out of, nobody's coaching that long anymore. You're out of your mind. No, it's not happening. He's, Pete, he's 31. Did you see how far Belichick has to go? Did you? They put the graphic up during that game. You know the the Dolphins uh, Patriots game. Did you see how far Belichick has to go? Like Belichick has to win ten games a year or more for seven more years to get within sniffing distance. And he's been doing it forever. You're, that is, but that Belichick's might... been a head coach since yeah, 1991, but... and has had a couple years where he hasn't been a head coach. McVay's third. If, so. So that's Nick, what, 26 too years from Belichick? In the pressure's 26 too years, McVay's going to be 57. It doesn't matter. They, they make too much money, and the pressure's too great. Yeah. They're not going to stay in it for that long anymore. Never. That's the record. Don Shuler's wins record will never be broken because Belichick won't stay in it long enough to break it. All right. Agreed. I'll take her, I'll take her just right, and I want Jason to have first crack at this one because I know what Pete thinks about this. While everyone focuses on the Panthers and Saints with that big game coming up this weekend, hot take or just right, Jason, the Falcons are actually the team in the NFC South with the best chance of winning the Super Bowl. Best chance of winning the Super Bowl. I can't call it a hot take. I mean, it's reasonable enough, I suppose. I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it. Um, You got to give an answer, though. You got to give us a hot take or just right. It's not just it's the well then I'm gonna go hot take because it's hot takey it's hot take ish it's hot take occasion but I I don't feel like it's I mean I don't know about you Pete but my, with, with the la- some of these ones the last few weeks it's like warped my mind to the point where now it's got to be like really really extreme to keep pace and this is only like <laughs> yeah. quasi yeah but I'll still say hot take that's the Brins- that we call that the Brinson hot clicky factor that's what that is it's the Brinson effect yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, and giggles. yeah. No, I, that's a hot take. Not. Pete, you think that's a hot take? You, no, you, you I said, said on Sunday that you think they're the best team in the I division. I did. I said not. It's not a hot take. You know what it is? It's just right because they are going to win the division. 
And you know what? They're going to be the most dangerous team in the playoffs when they get in in the NFC. They're the one team that could go to Philadelphia, I think, and can play with them. So, Jason, all your burying Matt Ryan, all your burying Steve Sarkeesian, all your burying the Atlanta Falcons. Let's see. You need to take that back. You need to take that they back. They got division games coming up now, and that division is not a bunch of pushovers. No, they got a West tough game year. this Let's week. Let's not forget about this week. They, they got played. two with New Orleans, right? They got Let's the Viking. They got the Vikings this week too. That's a tough game too. All right. So, so and, and I already know what what Pete and I think about that Falcons Vikings games. Jason, give us an early lean on the pick against the spread. Atlanta minus three at home this Sunday against the Vikings. Oh, I like I like the Minnesota football Vikings. Give me some Case Keenum there, man. I'm not feeling, you know, Norwegian death metal about that one yet, and I haven't really looked at the whole thing yet, so I'm not ready to blow out my vocal cords this early in the week. But I, I like what the Vikings have cooking, and they'll have 10 days off. Give me, give me some Vikings. Oh, Pete, no, Pete and I both, we like, both the like the Falcons, Falcons coming up in that, in that game. game. That's going to be a contest pick, I think, coming up, the Falcons on Sunday over the Vikings. Next up, hot take or just right? John Elway and the Denver Broncos, guys. Looks like they are ticketed for a top 10 pick coming up in the NFL draft. Hot take or just right? John Elway will spend that pick on a quarterback just two years after spending a first-round pick on a quarterback in Paxton Lynch. That's the no-brainer of the year. I mean, uh, is there a, what's, what's the counter-argument to that? Maybe more help on defense, a running back, offensive line. No, he'll, he'll take a quarterback. He'll, he'll, like quarterback. it's over for Pac. You guys think it's over for Pac? I Lynch. do. I do. But you know what? If you're John Elway, that means your ego's and get, get you're admitting a major mistake. I mean, hey, you better admit a mistake with the head coach too. Who you want a puppet, you get a puppet. But you know, like I'm actually working on something for them for Wednesday. I did a lot of research on on. I mean, dude, they are any way you slice it. They may be the worst special teams in the NFL. They've lost seven in a row, which they hadn't done since their AFL days. They, I mean, their rankings, the only thing they do is stop the run. I mean, they're 30th in passer rating against. Uh, The defense has fallen off. They're down to, like, what, 19th in sacks with all the money and all the picks they have in, in, you know, defensive ends and pass rushers. I mean, their offensive metrics are obviously horrible. I mean, they're middle of the pack running the ball. They're, they're, they're what, 27th in first downs, 25th in offensive points allowed, 27th in offensive points scored. They've got, I mean, people run amok on the sidelines, snack, snatching chains, fights at practice. I mean, everything that people said about McAdoo, it's worse in Denver. And this guy is a first-year head coach. Where they might, I mean, they play Miami this week. Somebody's got to win that game. But, like, Denver's staring at four wins hard. I think they're blowing the whole thing up. Wow. I think it, um, it, it, Look, he's going to take a quarterback. He has to. He can't. He, he, what you've seen from Paxton Lynch hasn't given anybody any indication whatsoever that he can be the long-term answer. He's got to take a quarterback. He has to fix that. It's it bled over to the defense. I'm not trying to pile on the young man. I'm really not because you kind of feel for him with the injury here and have empathy for him in the situation. But I can't imagine that John Elway was pleased sitting up there in the um, in his in his in his suite up there in um, in Oakland on Sunday, watching Paxton Lynch crying on the sideline on the team. No, I, I if that Dude, was, I would have hated that. I mean, but how about watching a team to leave trying to snatch a dude's chain off him that that's taped to his skin? 
and having a brawl that literally is wiping people out on the sidelines. Like, yeah, but Crabtree was his, it, it, Cam, Crabtree was in the middle of that too. He gave, he gave Chris Harris. I know, but, I know, but the Bronx. I mean, coming off a week where there's fights at practice and there's mutiny over who's going to get fired and McCoy, and you fired your coordinator, and you come out and you do that. I'm telling you. I don't know anybody who knows Elway who thinks he's just going to, like, roll forward with this group. Paxton Lynch will be competing with whoever they pick in the first round. I mean, he doesn't necessarily have to be kicked completely out of the building, although it wouldn't stun me if he was. But, I mean, Denver's a complete disaster right now, and it's, I feel like it's kind of been overlooked. All right, next up on Hot Take or Just Right, I know that Jason and Pete will both like this one. Jason, actually, you know what, Pete, you go first on this one, because I've given Jason first crack almost the entire show here. Out of all the teams in the AFC that could potentially beat the New England Patriots in January, the Jacksonville Jaguars have the best chance to do so. Hot take or just right? That's hot take. The Steelers have the best chance. As, as, as you know, much trouble they've had against them over the years, particularly in the postseason against Brady, uh, the Steelers have the best chance because they can score. Look, Jacksonville's defense, and the one thing that when you play Brady over the years in the postseason, guys who hit him and put him on the ground are the teams that beat him. The Giants did it. The Ravens did it. The Broncos did it. Those teams had pass rushes that can get after the quarterback, and Jacksonville can get after the quarterback. But I think they're so limited on offense that it would be it have to be one of the greatest defensive performances in the postseason we've ever seen. Uh, much like when the, the 85 Bears shut out the Giants. Remember? when? Uh, yeah. When, I mean, those, on the, uh, on the, the Sean Landetta drop punt, 21-0. Yeah. Nothing. yeah those, Bill Parcells said the Giants could have, would have, would have lost to that team nine times out of ten, but that was one of the one time out of ten they could have won and nothing went their way. Yeah, it was just, they, I mean, they were just, they got dominated and that, it would be that kind of performance to win. No, I, I think it's the Steelers, so I think it's a hot take. I think it's a hot take, but I get the point in that they have a defense and a pass rush that could mitigate the offense and, you know, Obviously, the Patriots are still nothing substantial on defense. They're still allowing like four seven to carry. You know, I know. They're like their run defense is still worse than the NFL with a bullet. And if Fournette was healthy, and you know, I, I get why Jacksonville was tough for them. I just think Jacksonville, when they get to January, it's a whole other stage. And I don't know that Blake Bortles has got the. Uh, oh, I'm not going to go. Well, he run, he, he runs. He He can run wait, the ball can, though. Can I, can, I, can I toss something out there? Mark Sanchez. And I know it's it's a different it's a different time and a different team. Mark Sanchez beat the Patriots in New England in the postseason. Mark like, Sanchez are we sure that Mark Sanchez, Sanchez is better than Blake Bortles? He's a better passer than Blake Bortles. Mark Sanchez those two years is better than Blake Bortles. Yeah, he's a better passer than Blake Bortles. Like like demonstrably better than Blake than Blake Bortles. As a passer, I would say yes. In those and two one years. thing I'll say about Sanchez. If anything, he I'm gonna I was about to go back to another wiener metaphor. He <laughs> He had almost Great too talent. much swag. You know what I mean? Like he, he, because he came in and they had a defense and a run game, like being around those teams, like he, he thought he was better than he was. Like if anything, he was probably too cocky and too confident. Blake Bortles is broken. You know what I mean? And the whole league knows it. And he knows it in every defense he plays against. You know, you know, you know Jason, no, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's broken. They've broken him think, the way I they think, play it. They play the way they play the game. They don't. They're, talk about a team that doesn't take any shots or back off a of defense. They don't even try to. Their their offense is primitive. Their first three plays the other day, I sat in the chair and I called them. They'll go run. They'll go run. They'll try and sc- throw a screen pass. What did they do? They went run. They went run and tried to throw a screen pass. They're too predictable. They didn't even try to to, to loosen up a defense. They don't believe in him. 
But I don't care if you believe in him or not. He he had two long drops the other day. At least throw him out there and take a shot to back him off. You got to scare him a little bit. Yeah. Sanchez would make a big play here or there. Nobody, even his own team, believes that this guy is going to make a play when they need it. I mean, they just don't. He makes a play with his legs, though. I'm going to throw this out there. The Patriots are going to go into Pittsburgh in Week 15, and I think they're going to absolutely wax the Steelers. I don't, I'm not confident that Pittsburgh can beat New England in January, whether the game's in Pittsburgh or whether it's Neither in New England, I. because I think the Patriots are going to go up and down the field on them. I think that I might give Jack, I'm not saying Jacksonville's a better team than Pittsburgh, but I think I might give the Jaguars a better chance to beat the Patriots when it comes down to it because of that defense and because they've got Fournette and because they can grind it out potentially See, on the ground. Fournette's got to be healthy. I think Baltimore is scarier because Baltimore's actually won in Foxborough with lesser teams before. You just said the their playoffs. offense is worse. No, no, but did you Jason, Dude, those teams- they've got a defense. They won't be scared. They've got the best kicker in football. But Baltimore's defense isn't better defense than Jacksonville. They Bal- don't get the pressure that Jacksonville gets, but... Dude, Jacksonville's not winning in Foxborough in January. No, but, no, but Jason, the one thing that I take on... Baltimore, Baltimore, and I think Baltimore's not good, but I'm just saying, Harbaugh, I mean, I, they, they've done it. They've done but, but, it. But those Ravens and, teams that, that you're referencing in like 2011 and 2012, the team that lost and the team that beat them... Those teams were badass. Like this, they Ravens almost won up there. Was it last year? Last year they had a lead up there. I mean, they weren't markedly better. I mean, oh come on, defense, Jason. Wait, dude, they had no secondary then. That's why they blew the twenty-one point lead up there in the play. The way they're built now, I'd that, rather that be lopsided recent. this way than that way. They had the worst secondary in football. That's why they went and signed Tony Jefferson. That's why they went and signed Eric Weddle. That's why they took Marlon Humphrey in the first round. That's why they re-signed Ladarius Webb. I mean. They can they they actually can can play coverage and get a pass rush at times with four or five if Lizardary Smith and some of these dudes are amped up. Judon, I'm just dude. I'm, if I'm Bill Belichick, give me Blake Bortles. Flacco might he might have an enlightening. He might just have a game. Blake Bortles is not beating Bill Belichick in Foxborough in January. Period. I, I, I have two notes here. Num- number one, my, my new favorite thing, and I think, Conductor, that we've got to do something with this, is Jason's, I mean, then a pregnant pause followed by dude, followed by a few pregnant pauses, followed by his point. We need dude. the JLC, I mean, dude, point of the week. And the second thing is, this show has officially come full circle. We started burying the Ravens, and now we're giving Baltimore a chance to beat the Patriots in the playoffs. No, the I'm saying I would take them over Jacksonville. I don't think either team is doing it, but I would take them over Jacksonville. Jason, you got to go or you got time for one more? I got to roll. All right, buddy. All right, guys. Jason, we will talk, talk to you later soon. in the week. Thank you. We'll talk to you for the okay. satanic pick of the week. Absolutely. This is what I want all the listeners of the Pick 6 podcast to do. You can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. All you've got to do is go to ZipRecruiter.com slash pick. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash pick. One more time, try it free. ZipRecruiter.com slash pick. Pick. If you're in great need of talent for your business but short on time, you're going to want to use ZipRecruiter because it makes hiring easier. It makes it more streamlined and it makes it less time consuming. You need those quality hires. You don't need any bums coming in like Pete Prisco coming in to ruin your business. You want the best hires and ZipRecruiter is going to make that happen. You can post your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click. Then ZipRecruiter is going to put its smart matching technology to work. It's going to notify qualified candidates about your job within minutes, not hours, not days, minutes of posting. So you're going to receive the best possible matches. Honestly, it's no wonder 
80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiters get a quality candidate, not just a candidate, a quality candidate through the site in just one day. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. And again, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. All you've got to do is go to ZipRecruiter.com slash pick. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash pick. All right, Pete, so the last hot take or just right will just be you and me. It's a conversation we've had off air, so I wanted you to give your take on air here. It's a different twist on it. Hot take or just right? The L.A. Chargers are going to win out, go 10-6, and and win the AFC West, and I'm going to give you their schedule. Hosting Cleveland, host the Redskins, the big one, at Kansas City in Week 15. Then they travel to take on the Jets, and then they host the Oakland Raiders in Week 17. Hot take or just right? I think that's just right. I think I think uh, I, I don't want to say that too loudly because I don't want Will Brinson to hear it. But I think they're going to make a run, and they're going to be a dangerous, dangerous team come postseason time. I mean, look, it's a passers and pass rusher league. Their passer had one of the best passing days I've seen in years on on Thursday, and I'm talking about handling everything at the line of scrimmage. He saw every single blitz the Cowboys threw at him. Checked to the right play, made accurate throws. Philip Rivers is playing again at a high level, even though you buried him about five weeks ago, Nick. Uh, More than five weeks ago. <laughs> and then uh, defensively, they didn't get – Boza and Ingram didn't get sacks last week, but they influenced the quarterback. They had two sacks. They can rush the passer. That is not a hot take. That is just right. Is there anything yeah, I, worse, I, by I the way? I think the Chargers are going to start making Will Brinson look good. Yeah, see? I was right. <laughs> <laughs> is there a, is there anything worse, by the way, Pete, than when I bury like Hall of Fame quarterbacks when we watch on Sunday? <laughs> no. Every week there's one of them. I feel sorry for him. Pretty soon, like Brady's gonna have a bad day. And he's gonna bury him. You know <laughs> what? You know what's gonna happen? Week 16 in the fantasy Super Bowl for me when I'm 14 and 0 going for the undefeated season and Brady lays an egg. I'm burying Tom Brady on that night. <laughs> he's when that happens. done. He's 40. He's done. You're gonna start screaming at him. He's a he's a man. He's 40 <laughs> and he's done. All right. Um, a couple news items for us to hit now. Actually, one news item and then a Thursday night early preview. Um, I got to say, the Adam Schefter, the ESPN NFL insider, his tweet on Monday with the, the chain snatching Aqib Tlaib, like Crabtree taping the chain to his uh, to his chest and Tlaib still getting the chain off of him actually made me, made me laugh out loud. Crabtree and Tlaib suspended two games apiece um, for that brouhaha on Sunday, Pete, in Oakland. I was pretty surprised that two games was what was handed down for these two. Were you surprised by it? No. I, I, I want, I thought there would be a stiff penalty here and it had to be. And the NFL tolerates a lot of stuff when it comes to pushing and shoving and fighting and you might suspend the guy, you might fine him or whatever. But this carried on too long. It was, it got ugly. It looked, it, it looked like a brawl on the street. That's how ugly it got. And, and they can't have that. So. No, to answer your question, I thought the, the the suspension for two games actually, you know, it's three, but you only get, you don't get your money for two of them, so it's really only two. Um, they they deserve that, and they the NFL got it right. I thought it was the proper suspension for both players. A Raiders hosting the Giants on Sunday, like don't look now. The Raiders have the same record as the LA Chargers, and it feels like look. I don't think the Raiders are really that good, but did we prematurely bury this team because they're only one game out of a playoff spot right now? Yeah, but they're not a good team. And, and, you know, look, offensively, they haven't been the same team. Defensively, they played a little better last week, but I think that was more of a function of how bad Denver is on defense. I just don't see them making a run. Uh, you know, you're firing coaches in the middle of the season. It's just not a good look. No, I, I mean, I don't think, I think the Giants will play with them. I think the Giants will play with them this week, though. Too. But I mean, the Raiders are going to win that game. The Raiders are a yeah. touchdown favorite. Yeah, they'll win the game, but the Giants will play with them. They're not very good. The Raiders aren't a very good team. 
Then they go to Kansas City with the way the Chiefs are going. I mean, I think Kansas City will win that game. Then host the Cowboys. No Zeke in that spot. Oh, that's Then they go to Philly in, uh, in Week 16. That'll be a loss. And then to L.A. to face the Chargers in Week 17. So, yeah, you're probably right. Probably done. For Philly them. could have wrapped up the number one. If the Vikings lose a couple games, they could have wrapped up the number one seed by then, right? And then they get Nick Foles. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. All right, and that game, which is scheduled to be right now a Sunday night game, that Eagles-Raiders game in uh, in Week 16, unless that's a Saturday game. I don't really want to do the math in my head. So let's just move on here. And uh quick preview here, Thursday night football, the Dallas Cowboys hosting the Washington Redskins. Um, tell me if this is hyperbole, hot take, or just right, I guess. An elimination game, right, for both of these two teams. They're both five and six. Oh, right it's now. a playoff game. It's, it's, it's the one, it's the one playoff game this week. There's a lot of teams that are facing elimination if they don't win this week, but this is the one game that you can call a mini playoff game because the loser's out, the winner stays alive. I worry about the Cowboys. I just haven't seen anything from them on either side of the ball that would give me an indicator that they're going to make a playoff push. Dak Prescott's been awful without Zeke Elliott. Um, you know, he got Smith, Tyron Smith back last week. He, and they still weren't good on defense. No Sean Lee in the middle, entirely different defense. I think the Redskins go in there, Nick, and, and win the football game outright. I think I'm going to take the Cowboys. Really? You're going to be, a, I think I'm going to take, you take them in the contest. Think, hell no. That, that, that's not happening. I, I think, I think I might, I might, I'm going to pick them and I might, I might put a couple shekels on the Cowboys to win here. Um, I just, the offense can't continue being this bad. And really, I feel like the coaching on offense, like Jason Garrett and, and Rod Marinelli, the coaching on defense too, uh, the coaching's got to improve at some point, right? I, I don't know how long, and like Jerry's even come out and said it, and like this is code, I think, for some of the stuff that Jerry says when he comes out and goes, a lot of teams have lost their best players and they, they're able to respond, aka, what the hell is wrong with my coaching staff that we lose this guy and like and we lose Tyron Smith and we've got Chaz Green out there, he's a spinning top. And we're not helping out. Like, this has really shined some light, I think, on the foibles of this coaching staff without this dominant run game. It's like if they don't have the dominant run game, these guys can't coach their way out of a paper bag. Well, and the other thing that's showing up here is, let's face it, Jason Witten's a Hall of Fame tight end, but he's slowed down. Des well, Bryant. I mean, he's like 58 years right, old. Right, but Des Bryant can't run. He doesn't get open. I mean, when you really look at it, where are their weapons on that offense right now? Where are, you know, the other guys. Are, yeah, and he's not playing well. Is Dez is done as an elite number one receiver? Yes. I believe he, he is. is, right? Yeah. Well, he was never a guy that ran by people anyways. He won with his physical play and his body and getting off the press and, and getting out. And he's just, he can't, now he's slowed down to the point where, yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he's a number one receiver anymore. But to give you some context, I'm in, I'm in one fantasy league where I'm going to make the playoffs where you start three receivers and two flex players. So you could, and it's PPR. So in theory, you could start five receivers, which I normally do. I think that I'm going to sit Des Bryant for either Josh Doxson or Corey Davis this week in a must win game coming up in the last week of the regular season. You know what happens with guys like, like, okay, Antonio Brown will slow down eventually as you get older, but he'll be so crafty that he'll still be able to do some of the things that he, he does now. When a guy like Des Bryant, who's a, you know, basically a big physical player and doesn't run that well anyway, starts slowing down, there's not much, there's nothing else in the toolbox. I mean, it's hard to go back. He doesn't run great routes. He's not one of those guys that, you know, can do, can separate and, and, and has the great ability to, you know, deceive defensive backs. So all of a sudden he's a one trick pony and he can't run anymore. And, and that's when it goes. And to me, he's an easy guy to cover. I don't, I, I don't think any defensive back in the league right now will line up, good defensive back will line up opposite him and fear him anymore. Final topic for us on the podcast. And you just triggered something for me. And here's the deal. Like for all the listeners out there, like, you know, 
no one grinds like Prisco does. And I, and I, we bust on Prisco all the time, just like we all bust on each other, but no one watches more film than Prisco. No one spends more time breaking down these teams than Pete Prisco. So Pete, when you speak about stuff like this, I listen. So I'm curious to get your take. And we actually have not talked about this off air since you mentioned Antonio Brown. He made some just insane catches on Sunday night. Like he makes the extraordinary look kind of ordinary at this point because we've seen him do it for so many years. With Beckham and Julio Jones and Antonio Brown and all the great receiving talent in this league, who's the best receiver right now in the National Football League? I would take Julio Jones, and and, and that's just not based on this year. Over because, over Antonio. Brown. Yeah, I would take Beckham. Julio Jones because of, of what he can do. I know he's. I think he's been banged up a little bit this year, and you could see him going in and out of games with his foot. But nobody has the ability to be physical and run the way he does. I mean, Antonio Brown is a fantastic route runner. He's quick. He gets. His, he knows how to do all the little things. And Beckham is a wonderfully physically tough, talented player. But I think from just if you pick one and you say, okay, I'm going to have this guy as my lead weapon, it will be Julio Jones. Now, that's only going to be a, a number of years now because he's getting, you know, he's not a kid anymore. And he's going to start slowing down. And when he starts slowing down, it becomes a, he'll become a possession receiver. But um, yeah, I think it's Julio Jones, but I mean, they're both, hey, Nick, all three of them are great. And the guy that doesn't ever get the do he deserves is AJ Green. He's almost like the forgotten receiver of the whole yeah. league. Yeah. Can we get AJ a quarterback, please? Right. I mean, AJ, you know, but, but AJ also has to show up in the big moments, which he doesn't always do either. But he, he I, yeah, it's a, it's a great time for these receivers and we're going to have more and more of them. College is loaded with them. These guys are getting bigger, stronger, faster and, you know, and the ones that learn how to run their routes, like Antonio Brown's a little guy, but he learned how to run his routes. He knows how to get open, and he works at it. If you work at your craft, you're going to be a great player. Uh, Antonio Brown's special. Somebody compared him to the, somebody. Uh, you see a tweet. Somebody said he's the best receiver in the last 20 years or something. Well, that, well that's uh, – I mean, on. that's – I, I think it's, that, that's a hot take as opposed to being just right. Right. No doubt I mean, about I mean, it. I mean, I mean, Randy Moss is the best receiver. Randy Moss is the best, and T.O. is probably the second best. I, I mean, I, I would – Take the word probably out of that equation because T.O. was 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 like Julio, but faster than Julio, right? And had I feel like more, almost more game breaking ability than Julio. Maybe I actually think that they're kind of similar, T.O. and Julio. Yeah, they're maybe about, they're similar. They're similar. And Julio might be taller and leaner, where T.O. is more. T.O. was more physical. Yeah, much more physical. But but Randy was like and Randy look, was Jerry a, Rice. Jerry Rice for me is still the greatest of all time because Jerry could do everything. Jerry could go over the top like Randy Moss did, and Jerry could take a five-yard slant and take it to the house like Odell Beckham could. So Jerry could do everything. And Jerry, and also Jerry did it in big games with the Super Bowl MVP on his resume. But to me, like, like in the last 20 years, no one can do what Randy Moss did. Like we've seen, like AJ Green can go up and get it. Julio Jones can go up and get it. No one though could go up and get it the way the way Randy Moss could go up. And no, get but it. And you mentioned Rice though, and and this is how I usually gauge guys. When you were playing against them, every time Jerry Rice touched the football, you had to hold your breath, right? Like when you were a Giants fan, when they played, no matter if, like you said, the five yard slant, the, the slant and go, whatever he ran, you had to hold your breath every single time because he was so good and could take it to the house. Randy no, Moss, I mean, seriously, Randy Moss was a yeah. deep down the sideline guy and ran a lot of go routes and everything. But, but Rice is, to me, to me, and I wrote this a couple of years ago, Rice is the best football player who ever played the game in my book. Well, for me in my lifetime, it's either him or Lawrence Taylor. Yes, those would be the two. That's the, two the best that offensive player and the best defensive player. I would agree with but, you. But like for, for listeners out there that are too young to like really watch Jerry Rice, and you've just heard about Jerry Rice or maybe seen some of his highlights, I think um, the America's Games. If you watch the America's Games, Pete, the NFL films yeah. documentaries, yeah, on the I Super have Bowl it. Champions, I have. All right. It. 
if you're a big, if you're a football junkie and if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are. I think that's the best thing NFL films has ever done. And I'm an NFL films diehard fan and I watch almost everything that NFL films does. Those documentaries, it's like 45 minutes long on each of the Super Bowl champions narrated by three or four of the principals on each team, whether it's coaches or players. And you watch these Jerry Rice highlights. I mean, literally all they would do in this West Coast offense with Montana. They'd throw the ball to Jerry Rice, and John Taylor was really good too. But you throw the ball to Jerry Rice, and he would just break a tackle, and he would outrun everyone on his way to the – he was unstoppable. Like, you could not guard this guy. He was sick. And, and you could do more physically against them then too. I mean, it's a different game now. You know, you can't – the, the physical contact in the secondary was much more prevalent back in those days, so it was tougher to do. So, yeah, he – look, the guy was a freak. He's the, to me, there's, there's a debate at almost every position – you know, in the league, you could debate the quarter, who's the best quarterback of all time. You could be, debate the best running back of all time. You could debate the line, the pass rushers, everything. There's no debate for me at wide receiver. It's Jerry Rice and then the rest of them. And, and I don't think there's, there should be a debate at pass rusher either. I think it's LT. I would, me, I would take LT. I'm with you, but you could see where somebody can make a case for Reggie White. It's somebody, true. somebody can make a case for Bruce Smith. Somebody can make a case for Deacon Jones. I mean, yeah, Deacon, Deacon Jones clothesline and decapitating yeah. quarterbacks. And they didn't have sack numbers back when he played. So, you know, who knows how many sacks? Somebody went back and tracked it one year and I think he had 20 something in the season. I mean, yeah. So, but, but at wide receiver, as great as Randy Moss was, as great as Terrell Owens was, they're not, they're not, Jerry Rice. They're just not. You can't even make a case that they were better than Rice. And here's the fun thing about this podcast. Like once we hit the offseason, and obviously there's stuff going on all offseason long in the NFL, so we'll have you covered after the Super Bowl, NFL draft, the combine, mini camps, training camps, all that good stuff. We're going to do some of these historical history-based shows coming up in the offseason. We're going to brainstorm and come up with some good content because I know a lot of our listeners out there, football junkies just like we are that, that uh, groove on that content. So we're pumped up to provide you with this great content all year long. By the way, by the way, Nick, when I covered Don Hudson back in the day, he was a hell of a receiver too. So for Don Coryell and the uh, the San Diego Chargers, right? <laughs> no, Don Hudson for the Packers. Oh, Don Hudson with the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Excuse me. Who am I? Th- who am I thinking of? How did I screw that up? For the are you thinking of? Uh, I'm trying to think who you're thinking of with the Coryell. I don't know. I think I think I got him. But my my wires West, crossed with Lance Allworth or something. Lance Allworth. Lance Allworth was great too. Bambi. And I and I feel terrible because now people are going to think I don't know what I'm talking no, about. No, you know what you're talking about. You know what you're talking. I just I, I I flubbed that. Not operating. I'm not a lot of sleep, just as you are, Pete Prisco. So let's go, each go separately, of course, and take a nap. That does it for the end of the Pick Six podcast here, midweek edition for Pete Prisco and Jason Lockett. For I am Nick Costos. We will catch you later this week. Picks against the spread for week number thirteen.